0: Hey, welcome to our first Lost Ladies of Lit mini episode. I know it feels pretty good to be doing this. Last week was our kickoff. This sort of germinated at the beginning of the pandemic, probably around April, that we had this idea and now it's coming to fruition. So, really fun. Um, So, we kicked off last week telling you guys all about Monica Dickens and her novel, Mariana, which, Kim, thank you for lending me that book back in April because it was staring at that cover that the idea just sort of hit me. You had always wanted to do a podcast, but I wasn't necessarily on board. And then for some reason, just having that book and you had lent me a couple other books with uh, women authors that I'd never heard of. And I started thinking, that's the topic.
1: That's what we talk about on a it's podcast. It's one of those, the things that happened with us in our creative life since day one when we started working together on projects. We just know when we know.
0: yeah. And we feel passionate about it, and we are having so much
1: fun with it. Yeah, um, we never even questioned. It was like, oh yeah, that's of course that's what we'll do.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so we really hope that you guys check that novel out. And if you need any further convincing, just know that it's really only a fraction of the length of one of her great-grandfather's classics. So you can polish off Mariana in just a couple of days, and
1: it's a really cute book. It also feels really good as a read. I think right now, it's nice to have like an escapist, cozy novel, which is what that is. You'll feel good when you read it.
0: Yeah, especially going into fall. I think it was termed
1: a hot water bottle novel, Novel. That's exactly right. right. Yep. Yep. So, Kim, let's talk about what we're doing today. This week, we're kicking off our Lost Ladies of Lit mini-episodes, and that's what you're listening to right now. Every other week, we're going to publish a shorter episode. It's going to be bite-sized, basically. We're going to be sharing tidbits on what we're reading, um, a little bit about our creative life, snippets of things we think that you all would be interested in, from lost arts to lost letters. So we're really excited about adding this to our overall podcasting project. Sort of like the
0: little taste, you know, like a little palate cleanser, you know, before we move on to our next lost lady in the list. I love that.
1: That's perfect.
0: So at the end of this episode, we will be announcing the next author and title in our series. That'll be exciting because if you want to, then you can read ahead and be ready to roll when we're discussing our next author. But speaking of, in the meantime, Kim, what else
1: are you reading this week? I don't know how I'm having any extra time to read, but I am carving it out a little bit. Um, And I'm reading Hamnet by Maggie O'Farrell. I don't know if you heard of it. Yeah, I have. You have? Okay. It's basically a Wolf Hall meets Lincoln in the Bardo. And it's this fictionalized story of Shakespeare's son, Hamnet. He died when he was 11, unfortunately, but it's the period leading up to his death. And it's a lot about Shakespeare's wife and her origin story. It's very fictionalized. That's sort of what makes me say Wolf Hall because Wolf Hall is, you know, we don't know a lot about the characters in Wolf Hall. So the director or the the writer, excuse me, takes a, a lot of license with Wolf Hall and it's the same with Hamnet. It's basically... You don't need to know um, much about Shakespeare at all to really get into this book. It's really dreamy and beautiful. And William Shakespeare is in it, but he's actually not the primary character at all so far. It's really his wife that's really strong and dynamic, and she's kind of witchy. Mm -hmm. I'm about halfway through, yeah, and she's the main protagonist of the novel. Also, it involves a plague, too. And so reading about a plague today feels really different than, say, if I had read this book You know, maybe seven or eight months ago. Anyway, I I highly recommend it so far. I really love it.
0: You and I love a good Shakespeare retelling. I mean, that's basically what we do with our books. So we went down that rabbit hole ourselves. Yep. Well, I told you last week that I am slogging through that Samuel Richardson's Clarissa, which is like 1,500 pages. So it's the book that never ends. I I have to do it in drips and drabs. I can't just, it can't be my main novel. No, it's your COVID through.
1: project novel. Exactly. Basically. That's
0: what it is. Uh, but at the same time, so my kids are of the age where we like to read books together. So we just started this book, which I think could be She could potentially fall under a lost lady. The author is Esther Forbes, and the book is Johnny Tremaine, which was really a popular book in the 40s and 50s. I think Disney wound up doing a movie in the 1950s. It won the Newbery Medal in 1944, It actually came up recently at the Democratic National Convention because Michael Bloomberg in his speech was talking about the America he wanted to see and like patriotism. And he referred to his favorite book when he was a kid, which was Johnny Tremaine. So me and the kids are reading that right now. How have I not
1: heard of that book before you?
0: I I had heard of it over and over Mm -hmm. all my life and just never read it. You know what? We were watching... Uh, Hamilton on Disney plus this summer and my kids were really into it. So I was like, how else can I get them uh, intrigued by the American revolution? What can we read that would teach them more? And this book is basically set during the American revolution with like Paul Revere and John Hancock, all the historical characters factor into the book. So reading about the American revolution right now has kind of getting me in the mindset of Kim, one of our favorite little towns (sighs) Oh, I know what you're going to say. Concord, Massachusetts. Concord, yeah. And just what an amazing little literary epicenter it is. And, you know, I was thinking for people in the northeast of the country, Concord right now would kind of be a really good social distance day trip people could take,
1: I think. Yes. Oh, if I lived on the East Coast, I definitely would be doing that for sure.
0: Yeah, so for those of you that don't know about Concord, Massachusetts, is about a half-hour drive outside of Boston. It's this little historic town that is almost like this literary epicenter. You wouldn't believe how many huge names came out of this little town. It just it's very like, charming. Yeah, it feels like you're stepping into a time machine. I've, Kim, I
1: know you've been there more recently than I have. Yeah, I think it was uh, maybe three years ago. And the first thing I did was head straight for Louisa May Alcott's house. I took a tour of it. I got the chills. It's incredible. I mean, you've been to it, so you, you know. Amy's sketches are on the wall. So basically, Louisa May Alcott's sister's sketches are on the wall. I mean, yeah. it's I don't just, think her name's Amy, but no, yeah. No, not Amy. The Quote Amy. unquote Amy. Yeah. yeah the Amy from the book. Yes. Um, and it just gives you the chills. It's incredible.
0: It's like walking inside the novel. It's exactly how I pictured Little Women. And I think when they film movie adaptations of Little Women, it's either they use the house or it's like yeah. a recreation. The house is called Orchard Orchard House. Yes. Yep. So it's closed to the public right now. However, they have virtual tours. And if you go onto their website for a $10 donation, which is totally worth it, they have a 15-minute video tour where you can see all the rooms in the house. There's this cute woman who's dressed up in period garb uh, who takes you on a tour of the house. So anybody right now can go take a tour of Louisa May Alcott's Orchard House if you wanted.
1: Which Ooh, cool. I love that idea. And that actually makes me think it would be fun to do like a day where you had lined up a bunch of different virtual tours of authors homes across the world. Ooh, let's set that, up. that, we let's set that up. We I can set that up. I know. We can let's provide that for our listeners. And let's give them do it. I love it. we could put it in stories and yeah, that would be really fun
0: basically a stone's throw from Orchard House. In my head, I picture it as being right across the street. I don't know if it's that close. I think it's just
1: down the road, if I remember correctly. Not far at all.
0: Yes. But take it away, Kim. Who lives there?
1: Oh, well, Emerson's house. Yeah. And you could see it. Yeah. I mean, you could see it. I think it's definitely walkable. They were neighbors. So it is basically across the street.
0: I never took the tour of
1: Emerson's house, um, so I have never been inside that one. I didn't either, and I feel like it wasn't open when I was there. Maybe it has more limited hours or something. Yeah, and it's
0: definitely not open right now because I checked. Okay. Uh, And there's no virtual tour of that one, but really Orchard House is the one you want to look at. And then really not that far from the Alcott's home and Emerson's home, I mean maybe a five-minute drive down the road is Walden Pond, of henry david thoreau fame and when you go there you can kind of it's a it's a nice walk around the pond just to be out in nature but then there's also a little replica of his tiny house which is exactly on the spot where he had built the little one room where he lived Mm -hmm. for however long that was
1: he was like the original tiny house hipster Oh, I love that. I love it that way. Um, th- so, um, Walden Pond also makes an appearance in um, a recent book, "Writers and Lovers" by Lily King. I don't know if you read that book. She goes on a date to Walden Pond. Oh no! Interesting. Yeah.
0: Oh yeah, and also about the Alcotts, I wanted to mention too. Earlier this year, I read uh, "March." It's about the father's point of view. So going back to Hamnet and telling the story from a different perspective, this is little women basically as told from the March family patriarch's point of view. Because we need the man's
1: perspective of
0: it? Well, you know what? It's <laughs> We're not, doing. It's his, it's his backstory. So Uh it tells like how he became who he became. It's so it's it doesn't. There's not a ton of the marmy and and the girls. They're not in it. It's when he was off. uh, It's it takes place during the Civil War.
1: Okay, Um, and he he
0: interacts with Thoreau in the book because he lives in Concord. So there's a little more Concord sprinkled into March as well. I want to say the author is Geraldine brooks or something but that might be just i might just be pulling that name out of
1: my do you recommend it should we
0: i should do we recommend it? it. i wasn't sure i read it after i saw we you and i went and saw little women in the theater mm-hmm. yep gosh remember
1: movies yes i know that's so weird yeah <laughs> so i was
0: like in a little women fit and i've i obviously know little women like the back of my hand so i was like what else can i read so i decided to get that one out and it's good i liked it it's different okay. it, it's it's Different. I always like when people take a different perspective on a character. Yeah, I'm intrigued based on your recommendation anyway. Okay. So Um, so then also in Concord, again, everything's a quick drive. You have to go visit Sleepy Hollow Cemetery. And I imagine this is open right now.
1: I love Sleepy Hollow Cemetery. I could spend days there. I only had um, like maybe an hour before we were going to dinner. So I went to the Authors Ridge where the Alcott family, Nathaniel Hawthorne, Emerson Thoreau are all buried. Oh my gosh. It's so beautiful. Being from California, we just don't have places like that. No, there's no old history really in California. Not that
0: old. No, no. Uh, Yeah, I got chills at the Authors Ridge because I was just like, I cannot believe they're all right here. All of them.
1: I felt the same.
0: Also... In Concord, not so literary, but still worth checking out. There's some Revolutionary War sites. My favorite is the Old North Bridge, which is where the infamous shot heard round the world, the first shot fired in the American Revolution, took place. I highly recommend taking a tour of the battle sites in that area.
1: You really get to visualize how it all unfolded there. And you went to the inn there, right? I remember you telling me about the beautiful old inn. It's called the
0: Colonial Inn. There's a couple of restaurants. It's like an old house or old boarding house kind of thing. Um, They have Yankee fare, like clam chowder and things like that. But then I saw they also have an afternoon tea, which is right up yours and you are in my
1: alleys. Oh, yeah. We used to go have our brainstorms over afternoon tea. We will do it again um, one day after COVID. But I want to go to Concord together as a Lost Ladies of Lit trip. We do need to go sometime together.
0: Maybe when the the leaves are changing, which would be right now but so maybe this time next year,
1: hopefully. I love that idea. Like I know travel we, will be back on the agenda. Yeah, we are basically like we want to go everywhere as soon as we can. Yeah, for sure. Oh, speaking of
0: traveling, it's not really traveling, but I found this thing that I shared with you Kim this week that I thought was cool. Maybe a lot of our listeners already know about it, but I had never seen it before and I keep playing around with it. It's a website called literaturemap.com and it's this really cool tool for finding new authors or if you are reading an author and you're like, who does this remind me of? You basically type in an author's name And it gives you a graph kind of where they plot out all the other authors that are sort of in the similar vein or somehow connected to that person or like people might like as well as this author. So it's funny because I typed in Monica Dickens just out of curiosity because I didn't even know if she would show up because she's not very well known, but she did come up and there were a lot of authors around her. I think Howard. I forget what her full name is. Something Howard, who wrote the Casale Chronicles. She, oh yeah, Elizabeth Elizabeth Jane, Elizabeth Jane Howard. Mm-hmm. She came up, which we love her. Yeah. Um, and then another person who came up very close. So they they put the different authors in proximity to the author's name in the middle. Uh, so an author that popped up very close to hers was E. M. Delafield, which is fascinating because. Ian Delafield is actually the next lost lady on our list. And that is totally
1: coincidental. We just happened to choose her. Okay, so pausing a moment to just reiterate, we're announcing officially our next book, (laughs) which is by Ian Delafield, and it's called Diary of a Provincial Lady.
0: Yeah, it's basically it's a 1930s novel. It's hilarious,
1: charming, and I think it's still very relatable to modern readers. Yeah, in fact, I don't think it's off the mark to call it the original Bridget Jones diary. It's
0: similar format, similar comic stylings for sure. If you are a sucker for snarky, cynical characters, this is one you're going to enjoy. And it's basically a book that I have for years turned blue in the face trying to convince people to read. So it makes sense that this was the second one we chose because I
1: just, I love it. Yeah, we had to start a podcast for you to get me to read that book. And I love it now. It's one of my favorites. I should have listened. I know. I think
0: that's the whole reason we started this podcast is we just get super excited about books and we want to tell people about them. And if there's just even one person that turns to one of these books and then decides, oh my God, I can't believe I've never read this. I love it so much. Our work here is done basically.
1: That will make us happy well we really hope you tune in for it and that's all for today we'll see you next week on lost ladies of lit our theme song was written and performed by jenny malone special thanks as well to harriet grant for our logo design see you next time